This episode, Entrepreneur and Handyman Alan Stevenson from 911 Handyman Part 2. In this episode, we're going to discuss the specifics of starting a handyman business, a lot of the challenges, and all of that good and groovy stuff. Welcome to the Handyman Pros Radio Show, home improvement and maintenance tips from the pros. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Handyman Pros Radio Show, where our goal is to help save you time, money, and aggravation on your home maintenance and repair. This edition is entitled Entrepreneur and Handyman Alan Stevenson from 911 Handyman Part 2. To help me explain, I'm here with John, my ever cheerful <laughs> co host. Hey, old man, buddy. what's happening? Nothing. What's I'm, going on this week, Johnny? Well, I'm excited that we're going to get into Part 2 of uh, our interview with Alan. And, um, you know, once again, it's, uh, it's, it's, we're here to, we're here to help everybody with their, with their businesses, build a business, uh, solve issues in their business, uh, grow their business and all that, uh, all that good stuff that, uh, goes along with, uh, doing all these, uh, handyman and, uh, contracting businesses. But, you know, that's, I think we've got a lot of value to add and I'm excited about, uh, the, this part of our discussion with Alan. Yeah, one thing I, I think we, we gloss over this. So, folks, we, we also want, if you're a homeowner, listen to these uh, concepts and ideas that Alan puts out. Because the reason that I say that is, is that if somebody's running their business in this way, you if you're looking for a contractor or any type of business, it might give you a different perspective on actually how to hire somebody. Because you're going to be looking for, for, I guess we'll call them key points, right, John? I mean, we talk, he talks a bit about systems and processes and things like this. And so I think it's valuable, even if you're just a homeowner and you're trying to hire a handyman or any other contractor in general, give this give this show a listen. Um, there's a lot of really good information here. Yeah, and I would I would just add this, Larry, that there is a you know the, the, a lot of the a lot of our listeners out there that might be homeowners have their own gigs. Yep. Uh, and this really really will help because there is a distinction here whether you're just doing it for yourself um, or you're trying to build a business, which Alan will discuss. In more detail. Yeah. And with that, yeah. that is a perfect segue, John. Perfect. Um, Alan, second section, here it is. All right, so, we're, we're back with Alan. And so we were talking about, we're going to talk handyman or business. We're going to talk business in general because it's really all part of part and parcel of the same thing. We had talked about having a vision list of, of what you want your business to be. Um, both John and I, we've talked in the past about how we're we're basically owner operators. Alan has talked. Alan is not an owner operator, so he has employees, and he has he is a businessman, and he um, does, you know, he has multiple employees, and he actually has multiple businesses. Has the HVAC business, has a financial planning business, an HVAC business, and the handyman business. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty right now about some of those the the differences, but basically starting those businesses and go to the planning. So. With that, Alan, welcome back. It's good to have you back on. We we um we we're doing this as a two part series because we're we're going long, but it's good. It's good. It's great information. So I wanted to 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 just have you keep talking about starting the businesses and where people need to go. So take it away. Well, thank you for having me back. You know, um, I'm always glad when somebody talks to me once and then wants to talk to me again. So that's the second part of the relationship, right? You know, when my wife, you know, starts making fun of me of, about talking too much, I have to remind her that it's what paid the bills all these years. So, but, you know, we talked before about that vision of what you want. Do you want to just be self-employed or do you want to have a business? And 
those are two different things. Just because you're self-employed does not mean you have a business. Yeah, my friend John always says, "Be careful what you ask for because you might actually get it." And uh, don't you, don't you, Johnny? You've said that to oh, me. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, and you know that's uh, that's that's kind of where we left off. You know, when we we're talking about working working for yourself, doing your own thing, and then then there is building that business that you were that you're talking about. Yeah. Right. And we talked about, we talked uh, previously uh, about the, just the risk of both. You know, some people say, you know, Hey, I, I just want just me and I don't want the headache of employees and all that. So, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing and that's fine. But what happens the day that, you know, you find out you've got cancer like I did uh, or the day that you fall off the ladder and break your leg or that you're in a car accident and you're out for, you know, days, weeks, months, what's your plan? And so, you know, if people want to, to, if they haven't listened to the previous episode, they can go back and, and hear some about that. And then the other side of it is, okay, if, if I'm going to have a business, how do I do that? Right. And right. it really starts with, with A, that vision, but B, you know, systems and processes. Okay. That is part of having a business. Um, so bring, so you know, talk about a sit like a system and a process, get, get right down to a nitty gritty on a system and process. Cause I know what you're talking about and John knows what you're talking mm-hmm. about, but let's talk about, so what systems and processes, first off, if, if we're talking about a system and process, what we're talking about is something that runs more or less automatically or is on a real checklist. We, we had talked about checklists a little bit before, but it's on, it's on a, you have a procedure, right? So when, you know, like in our case, John, we talk a bit about doing the sales side. So the phone rings, we ask X number of questions to see if we actually are going to be able to do business with a customer and so forth and so on. So that there's, there's a process. It's that process. So talk to us about process. That's, that's the start. Right. So most people are very haphazard in their business businesses. Um, even most whether they be just a, a one person show or, or even a small business with multiple people. And, and honestly, one of the best things that came from me starting the handyman business. And, and of course I'd been a financial advisor, self-employed for many, many years is, you know, when I started that, I, w- I was younger and a lot less experienced in business. And so when we started the handyman business, we started from day one, talking about what is our systems and processes going to be. And, you know, um, so, you know, I feel like the first part of a successful financial, I mean, successful business is having a CRM, a client relationship management system. Uh, some people would call them CSM, uh, client sales management system. But, you know, so we, from right early on, we had a process. So when people would call in, we would put their information into this database. And it's a really nice process um, because when we would set an appointment, they would get an automatic uh, confirmation of that appointment. 12 hours before the appointment, they get an automatic reminder about the appointment. So it's a really nice thing all the way through. And the thing is that if you want to be successful, you can't do it by beating the other guy on price or the other person on price. You know, that is a loser's bet. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people that are new in business trying to do that. You know, 
the competition across town, they bid, you know, $300 on this. Well, I'm going to bid 275. That's a loser's bet. Yeah. So how absolutely you... not. Let me, let me just jump in there because you know what, what happens there, um, it, that gets to be a runaway and it's a race to the bottom. Exactly. Exactly. So we went into it from day one saying we don't want to be the cheapest in town. We want to be the best value in town. So how do you become the best value? And that is by making it a great experience. You know, there are a lot of really talented people out there in the trades or, or whatever. You can be the best carpenter, the best painter, the best handyman. You can be the best HVAC guy. You can be the best lawyer. You can be the best CPA. But if you don't know how to run a business, you're going to have a problem. You're always going to struggle. And if you don't, if you aren't going to win business by being the least expensive, how are you going to win that business? And you do that by creating a great experience from the moment someone calls in and you answer the phone all the way to the time that uh, they pay the bill. It's mm -hmm. gotta be a great experience. And if you provide that, people pay extra. So let's talk about what uh, what I mean by that. Like an exactly, uh, you know, uh, an example of that. When we started the handyman business, you know, my my business partner Jason, he would call me. He's like, and it seemed like almost every appointment. He's like, you know what they told me? They told me, hey, you actually showed up. You were on time. And it made us realize the bar was set so low to look like a superhero. It was just ridiculous. All we had to do was show up on the day and time we said we would show up and we would get the business. John, have we heard this before? A absolutely. Yeah. And, and then you have to say, well, why is that? And the reason is because most people in the trades and even me as a financial advisor, you know, I was a lot better advisor than I was a business owner for many, many years. And it was really drove home when we started the handyman business and we started from day one with systems and processes. And it really made me go back. And, and I mean, this is just transparency here. I, you know, I, I'm not too proud to say it. It made me really go back and reevaluate how I was running my financial practice and make a lot of changes. Hmm. And you know, so the, if you look at most people that are business owners, that they're even the successful ones are successful in spite of themselves. And, you know, they have to survive many, many mistakes. And one of my favorite sayings, I, I learned it, <laughs> I heard this uh, watching the uh, show on Discovery Channel called Gold Rush. And uh, one of the guys on there, uh, his name's Tony Beats. He's a old kind of crusty uh gold miner, you know, very successful, but he said, lessons cost money. Good lessons cost a lot of money. And that is, there's a lot of wisdom in that. The part he didn't say is it doesn't necessarily have to be your money. You can learn from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping some people will kind of learn from some of the mistakes that I've made and better themselves. And you can either do that or you can go spend your own money learning those, those lessons. But, um, you know, 
we wanted to be professional. We wanted to bring a level of professionalism that our community has not seen. And so that's why we start with that, that CRM system. And there's lots of them out there. Some of them are extremely expensive and some of them are very, very inexpensive. And it's just a nice way to keep your, all your clients. It keeps your appointments. It keeps you on time. It keeps you, you know, and, and it set you, sets you apart from all the others that are out there. I, you know, I think that that's, ex, that's exactly right. And, you know, I'm going to go back to one of the statements that, that you made is, you know, because people get to be very haphazard and they start to fly by the seat of their pants and they start to, um, the, you know, you can only juggle so many balls in the air at one time and you're going to start dropping them. Um, and, and that's the, and that, and that's the thing that you need to get behind it. If it's a software system like CRM or whatever, um, at least get something where you can start to stash all your stuff into a database so that you, uh, you know, you're aware of what's going on at, at all times. And, you know, you're right. It's, it's that, th it's, it's those kind of steps that, that bring value to the customer. And I always learned, you know, what value was it's, you know, it was always something like, uh, being compelling and unique. Those right. two things equal value, you know, so you're a standout against your competition where, you know, um, you know, compelling without unique is not value and unique without compelling isn't. And so it's, you know, you gotta be that guy. Now in, in our case is handyman, you know, showing up on time, cleaning up, um, you know, having respect for the customer, look, look good. You know, you're, you're a whole different type of person and they're like, and how, how you, you talk. talk, can you communicate? Do you know, do you use a system like CRM or however you use the a system to, um, you know, we've talked about this, Larry and I have talked about this in the past, but you know, communication with the customer all often, even if you say, Hey, you know, I'm going to be early or I'm going to be late. Or, right. you know, something happens, people appreciate that. And we had to, the, you know, don't be the, don't do the cable guy syndrome. I'll be there right. between, you know, uh, four and three, you know, or you know, four in the morning till three, what, whatever it is, you know, it's like, wh yeah. when are you going to show up again? So, you know, it was one of those, uh, it was, but, um, you know, you know and, you're and, exactly right. And, you know, and, and then the other thing is, how do you speak? You know, in business, you need to speak differently than you do with your friends. And I don't care whether you're a financial advisor or, or a lawyer or a handyman showing up on a job. You know, if if you're using profanity on the job around your customer, they don't want that. You know, no. and, and, you know, we actually met through this Facebook group for handymen. And one of the things that, and I actually used to help run that group. I just got a little bit overwhelmed and had to kind of step away from a few things. I'm sure you guys can understand that. And, uh, but when we were, um, when I was helping with that and, and even before and after one of the things that they really insist on in that handyman group is being professional, not using foul language and all that. And, you know, some guys will say, this is construction business. Everybody's like that. Well, do you want to be like everybody else or do you want to be different? It's different to be, it's, it's different to be, you know, I'm, I'm working, uh, I'm working downtown as an iron worker. Right. Okay. That that's, that's different about, you know, the, all of, you're in somebody else's house and that's we awesome. stress this a lot. You know, that is one of the, the sanctuaries of, 
you know, being a human, I mean, having your own place and you have to respect that. Um, and we always, you know, rail on, you know, the, what we've talked about earlier is, you know, being on time, um, like you just were mentioning, you know, the, the way you speak in business, the way you approach people, the way you look, how clean you are, you know, you're cleaning up. We're big on that, you know, leave it cleaner than you found it. Um, and people like, wow, you know, I was always taught, you know, if you fix a guy's airplane when I was working at a little FBO or something, you know, after you get done fixing the airplane, you wash the plane. Right. <laughs> you know, right. and it's like one of those things where people are like, wow, that's that's worth it. I had a uh, I bought a new truck and I had a bed liner sprayed in it. And when I went by the it was a body shop that did it. And uh, when I went by to pick it up, not only had they washed my truck after they did the bed liner, but they also had a little paper bag hanging from the, the blinker. And it just had some candy in it, some business cards. Um, you know, if you, it probably cost them about a dollar to a exactly. dollar and a half to do this. But I thought, man, what a nice experience. And you're still telling and the you're story still right now. I was just going to say, and you're still telling the story right well, now. You and, know, and it's, you know, our guys. I mean, you know, are you showing up in a company shirt? Are you wear, you know, wearing your Metallica shirt when you show up? <laughs> right. And, and look, I like Metallica. I, okay, you know, I'm, exactly I'm all right. right here, but um, there's a time and a place for it. And it matters. It matters in what you can charge per hour or per visit. People pay extra for that good experience. But I want to go back to something that, that you were saying, and that is, you know, you can't do everything yourself. You start dropping balls here and there. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially in the trades, and, and like I said, we have a, a unique situation where I have the business background, you know, the, the other people have the trades background and, um, you know, I don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. I just need to know the smartest person. It's you about know, resources. Yeah. Having the right, right resources. Who do you talk so, to? You know, so, you know, one of the problems that we had in the beginning was, you know, Jason, I mean, he's never, I mean, he's a very detail oriented guy. This is my, my, um, my good friend that's a partner in the, in the handyman business, but you know, he's never worked in an office. He's never done a lot of computer work. And so he types really slow. Well, in the beginning we were getting phone calls. We had a system set up and it was working well. We had a really nice phone system. Um, uh, basically a call forwarding system sounds like a really nice high-end phone system but it was only costing us like I don't know like $30 a month and that's part of that infrastructure we had and it the voicemail said please you know leave a message and you will be contacted within 24 hours well at night when he'd get home from the jobs he would sit down he'd enter all their information which he types really slow so it was taking him a long time and um you know, and then he would call them and, and schedule appointments and all that. He was working until nine, 10 o'clock at night. So my former um, assistant in my financial practice, uh, she's actually my, my nephew's wife. But anyway, she is very loyal to me and she took really good care of me when I was going through all the cancer and all that and helped me with my financial practice during that time. Well, she had two children, two babies, almost back to back. And she could not work outside the home. So one day I, I just called her. Mm -hmm. and I said, hey, I said, you worked out. You've been working your entire life until now. I said, are you going stir crazy? And she said, yes, I am. 
I said, how about being my office manager for the handyman business and working from home? And we came to an agreement for her. It wasn't even about the money. Did she need money? Yes. But for her, it was about having something to do. And adult conversations. (laughs) Exactly. Adult conversations. So we just said, okay, you may be working 10 hours a week. You may be working five hours a week. You may be working 30 hours a week, some weeks. Let's just come up with a set amount. We're going to pay you every week. So now she would enter all that information Mm -hmm. in. She would take, you know, uh, answer the phones, which was better than what we had before. And that's what helped us grow because it allowed him to do what he does best. If you're going out and swinging a hammer all day, you don't need to be the guy sitting down or the person. I'm sorry, I keep saying guy because I know there's some really talented ladies in the the trades too. Um, But you don't need to be the person that is sitting down putting all that stuff in the computer system. You need to find somebody to do that. And even if it costs you some money, it, it was a really hard concept for me, even in my financial practice, a good friend of mine that was incredibly successful um, in his financial practice told me, he said, Alan, you don't get paid to do paperwork. You get paid to t- know things and talk to people. And I finally, it took me a while to embrace that. And I finally hired an assistant for my financial practice. And I saw what he was talking about. And it, you know, when I talk to people in the trades and I say, look, don't try to do that yourself. Hire somebody to do that. Well, I can't afford to. Yeah, you you're can't afford not to. You can't, right. yeah, you can't afford not you're, to. Uh, right. You're going to make more money because now you don't have to do those things you hate doing. You know, um, used to in the financial practice when I would get a new client and I would, you know, it's like I'd get all excited about a new client and my, my income growing and, and a new relationship with them. And then I'd have to do the paperwork, and it was like throwing a cold bucket of water on me. Sounds like sales, right, Johnny? Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> don't, wanna, bring, don't bring up paperwork. Right, yeah, I didn't right. even want to go get another client because it meant more paperwork. Right, right. You know? I, so, Alan, just to give you an aside, I just basically hired my wife to do exactly that. And part yes. of the reason, part of the reason was, and I'm just going to relate my own story here, just because I think it's appropriate for the for the handy people or trades people out there. We don't get a huge amount of phone volume, but I have to admit that I get very focused during the day, aka why I sent you this this reminder meeting this morning, which I had on my notes to do yesterday, by the way, just so you know. Um, and I hadn't handed it off to her, which I should have. Um, but anyway, long story short, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm spent, and the last thing I want to do is start to have sales conversations with people because my mind is not in the right place. And the minute that she took over, she took over that and she took over scheduling, and my business has just gotten better and it's actually so much better for me. And I actually do pay her too because she's worth it. You know, she's going to hear this and say how much, and I'm going to say, well, you know, long story. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, she's re- going to start. She's going to join a union, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. I am going to say this. So, um, you know, for anybody out there in those situations, and you're looking to hire somebody, just be real careful hiring somebody that you can't fire. Oh, exactly. True. Yeah, true. I, one one of the things. Let me let me I love let me my po- wife dearly, and we've been married a long time. There's a reason she doesn't work for me, you know, or work with me. Yeah. And you know, so I can hire. I can fire anybody. I can fire my. I I love my mom and dad. We're real close, but I can fire either one of them when it comes to business. 
you know, hey, it's just not working. I can't fire my wife. So one of the things I'm hearing, let me let me back up is in, in, for the folks out there. This is how businesses grow. You're hearing right now how you become one guy. Then you look around and you hire the guy, the other guy, another guy who's got talent. Then you, then the business starts to expand. This is what I'm hearing, uh, Alan, is that you hire Jason, right. okay? And then, and then you, and then you know your son, okay? Right. And you've got these these opportunities out there that are in in your face. You know, you take advantage of that opportunity when you when it when you run across it. And then, um, you know, then, you know, for everybody out there, then you know you're listening to another expansion of what happens in a very easy to understand way of how businesses grow. Next thing you know, you you're hiring somebody to take over entering information into a, into a database. Right. And, and I want to add one other point to that. You've also, everyone that you've hired, it seems like, you know, everyone you've hired is someone you have some sort of a relationship with. And, and that goes to networking and or family exactly. relationships and all that kind of thing. But it's still people you know. So they are vested to a degree. There's an amount of vesting, meaning they know you, you know them. And, and if I remember right, you live in a small town, so it's a little different in a small town sometimes than it is in a city. But when you know people, it makes a difference as to how they work for you. And so those are that's the second tip that I'm picking out of that is that is that your network is far and wide and you are drawing, you know, potential resources. What you're doing is listening for resources, I think, is how I would phrase it. So you, you know, you knew your assistant had your financial planner assistant had babies and so she's at home and you sort of created a position for her because after you asked her if she was interested in, or just was she going crazy, you asked a probing question. I would call it, that's what I would call it. And, right. and she said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit stir crazy. And I only added in the adult conversation. Cause I know about having children, small children. It's like mom sits home with the small kids all day. By the way, this is a tip for handyman. If mom is sitting home with the small children all day and she wants to talk to you all day, it's because she has no ability to have adult conversation all day. And that's one of the things why I said that is that they will talk to you lots of times about a, lots of different things, everything you know involved. But that's because they, they don't get a chance. But anyway, you heard that from her. You heard a potential opportunity to solve one of your problems. You didn't know at the time whether it was going to work out or not, but it has. And, and those are that's another bit of that intuition, I think. I don't know if it's intuition or it's just a probing well, question, right? And the other thing, Larry, let me let me let me jump in on the back of that one, too, is that what also I'm hearing is is, you know, is is you got to have the ability to pause and reflect on what is going on and how to make improvements instead right. of continually driving trying to drive through the wall, keep hitting your head on the wall. You have to take, you have to pause, take stock in your business of what's going on and be honest with yourself. And how can I, do I have these issues and how do I resolve those issues? So and I think that's what I'm hearing. Right, And that's, that's the important thing here. Number one is that self-reflection and saying, okay, what am I good at and what am I not good at? Mm -hmm. And then say, okay, what problems do I have that, that are holding me back and how do I address those in an affordable way? One of the things that, so, so it goes back to, you know, surround yourself to, with people so that you can do what you do best and let them do what they do best. You know, I, I've run across 
you know, small business owners all the time, they're doing their own bookkeeping. Oh my gosh. You know, if you like bookkeeping and that keeps <laughs> knock yourself out, <laughs> knock yourself out but for most people, they need to hire it done. Well, I can't afford to, well, you can't afford not to, because you're going to make more money by, by having somebody do that. And the main thing is you're going to be happier. Your family's going to like you a little bit more because you're going to be in a better mood. And, um, and so thinking outside of the box of how do I address these things? We needed an experienced carpenter to teach our young guys. And we really couldn't afford that as a new business. And we're buying equipment and we're buying trailers and we're advertising, we're doing all this. And we really couldn't afford that, you know, $50 an hour carpenter, you know? And I mean, this is small town Louisiana. So our, our living expenses is a little bit lower here, a lot lower here than a lot of places. And, um, you know, so we ended up finding a guy that was semi-retired and, you know, he really wasn't doing it for the money. He was doing it to have something to do. Having some extra money was nice, but how did we compensate him? We said, Hey, you know, if you want to work fine, if you want to go out of town to see your kids, fine. You let us know when you're available and we will put you on jobs. And that worked out great. There's more than one. It's not always money to get good people. You know, if you've got a single parent working with them on their schedule so that they can drop their kids off at school or pick their kids up at a certain time from daycare, you know, that is almost as valuable to them as the paycheck. So how do you, how do you address these problems? Well, you think outside the box, you know, how do you find good people? I get that question a lot. Well, good people know good people. If you've got mm -hmm. somebody already working with you, call them. Who do you know? If you're friends with good people, call them. Hey, I need to hire somebody for this, this particular task. Who do you know? You know, I find it interesting that people always say in business, your best, your best customers or clients come from referrals. That is true. And then I say, well, how do you find your people? How do you find your team? Mm -hmm. And then same they, thing, they, right? So they just say, referrals. No, they say, well, I've been advertising for them. Oh exactly. yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. Right. right. Well, okay. So you're not asking for referrals. Yeah. And then the other thing is it really goes back to something more basic. If you're going to ask for, for referrals, are you the type of person that people want to refer somebody to, you know, are you conducting yourself as a professional? Do you have a reputation for berating people in public? You know, whether it be uh, you're in a store and the cashier screws up or you can't get service or you showing your tail in that store. You know, um, we actually get a lot of people referred to us by our local suppliers, you know, the lumber yards in place. Why? Because our guys are always professional when they're in there. They don't use bad language when they're in there. They talk to people with respect. They're friendly, you know, and that's what, and, and then me, I like to, I've worked real hard to have a good reputation in this community. And I, I think I've accomplished that. And so when I say, you know, if I need somebody, I'll put a post out on Facebook. Hey, I need, I need to hire a carpenter, you know, for my handyman business. And uh, you will also, it's a, it's an attitude you rarely ever hear me refer to somebody as an employee. They're our team. And that kind of goes back to a mindset. Are you going to be the boss or are you going to be a leader? 
and in the trades, especially, and, and we're, we're members of the, and this is something I'd like to talk about a little bit. Uh, we're built members of our local home builders association, as well as the state and national associations, which comes with that, which gives us a lot of credibility compared to others that are doing this type of work. But I know a lot of the contractors in the area. I'm good friends with some of them. And a lot of them are great people, but a lot of them, man, they talk to their people like, mm. you know, and I'm just like, man, if you talk to me like that, they probably wouldn't find you, you know? <laughs> and, it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? I mean, we see that kind of thing all the time. And I, I always, especially today, right? I mean, so, so we're in this post-COVID or, or COVID world, I guess you want to call it. And labor is, of all types, is incredibly difficult to get. And I look at the way some people treat their employees or, or the people that work. We always refer to it as working with us. I've always referred right. to it that way or as a team member. But like you say, they work with us. And, um, you know, if you treat your people poorly today, they're down the street in a minute. I mean, in an absolute minute. One of the things I was taught long, long ago, and you've probably heard this, Alan, is that people don't leave businesses, they leave people. And they leave, if you're, like my wife just retired, well, she she didn't retire because she didn't like the company, she retired because the decisions that were being made at the highest levels, she just did not agree with anymore. And she right. and that was the that was basically the end of that. She was in a position where she could actually leave. But that's been part of, you know, they talk about this great resignation right now. And I think if you looked at the so-called great resignation, you'd find that most of these people are leaving the people that they're working for not with, but they're working for because they're mistreated in some form or another. And rarely is it monetarily, unless they're just given a great offer. But I know in my life, it would have had to have been for the people that I remember working for, that working with, working for, that I really liked working with, it rarely had to do with money. It usually had something to do with something else when I would move on. You know, so uh, we've had we've had people leave us you know, because just because they had to have more money than what we could afford to pay at the time. Right. And, you know, and, and we're talking a job working for us versus going off pipeline lining or working on an oil rig or something like that. I mean, the energy sectors and those jobs pay really, really well. And, but I've had grown men almost in tears because they really did not want to leave us. They had to yep. for financial reasons. Yep. And, We've heard multiple times, no one has ever treated me as well as you have. And, you know, hey, if if somebody's working on your team and their kids got some kind of function during the middle of the day, let them have the day off. You know, if their mom's sick and, and they need to go out of state, let them go. I mean, that means so much to people, treating them with respect. But, you know, the other part of it is, is people say, okay, well, you know, how do you get business? How do you grow this thing? Okay. You, you've got people. And so with us, I mean, there, everyone wants this magic bullet that just automatically grows their business. This one thing, it's not one thing. Uh, from day one, we had t-shirts made. I'm not big on golf shirts with the big logo, you know, with the little logo on the, on the breast. Because nobody notices those. We had T-shirts made with a great big logo on the back of them. You know, and our guys would be, you know, picking up lunch or something. And somebody would see them in lines like, handyman, 
it's like i need to talk to you guys and then we had uh some some nice flyers made and printed off on a nice quality paper and put in uh local uh lumber yards and places like that um you know, having a professional logo, not something your your cousin's third wife and, you know, his kids did so far you, right? Having a nice professional logo. And, and honestly, that's kind of where I dropped the ball in the beginning. Our logo was okay, but it wasn't great by any means. And we've improved that uh, a couple of times, actually. And, you know, I should have gone straight to a professional right off the bat, had something really nice done. And a lot of people will get on, you know, uh, Fiverr or one of these websites where you get freelance artists and things. Most of them are just using, you know, clip art and things like that. Go to someone that where you can talk to them and you can, you know, with me, like I have this vision of what I want, but I just, I can't put it all together. But I can talk to someone and share that vision with them. And then they can take that and put it on paper. And having that and paying a little bit extra, you know, so what if it costs a couple hundred bucks extra? You're talking about your business. That business card is just like a handshake. You know, if somebody gives you a limp, weak handshake, the minute they do it, it puts a, a negative thought in your head. I've had bankers and successful people hand me these flimsy business cards, you know, <laughs> this flimsy just paper. And I'm like, that's cheap. That's my first thought is that's cheap. We, we yep. laugh, Alan. We actually did. We've done that as part of one of our shows. We talked about business cards and about how you make a proper business card and what sort of information do you put on it and, and all of that thing. We got pretty much into the weeds on that because John and I, through our sales experiences over the years, have had exactly the same experience that you're talking about right there where somebody hands you. My favorite one is, you know, here's my business card. It's Alpha Dexter Enterprises, John Jones, and a phone number. And you're like, right. what do I do with this? I don't even know what this is. You know, I don't understand what you do. So, And you also have to understand that like five minutes after you give it to somebody and you start walking on the street, you're going to start to forget, wait a minute, what, what was right. this all about again? Yeah, you know, exactly. especially if you're meeting a lot of people at a conference or like a home but show or whatever. A, if somebody hands me a, a really high quality card or a unique card, it sticks in my brain. Even if I don't keep the card, I keep that memory. Right. And um, so, you know, that's a first impression thing, just like a handshake, just a, like a, a looking someone in the eye and, a, and having a smile when you when you meet them. You know, it's a first impression thing. So all these are important in building a successful business, whether you're just one person and just trying to build that or if you're trying to build a, a multimillion dollar business and then. Uh, one thing, and, and I really believe in this, this has been a huge benefit to us. Um, and of course, I kind of have an inside track. Uh, my brother is actually the uh, executive director of the uh, local home builders association. So through my financial practice, I've been an associate member for years. So I got to know contractors. But even without that, the home builders association has been a tremendous benefit to our business. Uh, we in the beginning, when we didn't have a lot of leads coming in, we worked, did sub work for a lot of contractors. Every contractor that builds homes gets those phone calls of those little jobs that they do not want to do. And they really don't want to refer it out. So because they don't have anybody they trust. 
So they end up doing it themselves, even though they didn't want to. So we went to the contractors that I know and said, hey, you know, those little jobs that you really don't want to do. You built a house for somebody five years ago and they called you up and they've got this little problem and and, uh, you know, you don't want to do it. We want those jobs. We want those jobs that no one else wants. And that's really how we got the ball rolling quickly. And also being a member of the Home Builders Association and advertising that uh, gave us credibility over competition. And, uh, and then they every year they have a home expo at our local civic center. And that's what really, really boosted our, our presence there. We had a 2019, we had our first booth. It was just a table with a simple banner. We had some flyers, some business cards. And I'm going to tell you, the one thing we did, we had bought a really nice box trailer. And let me tell you, a trailer is one of the best things that you can have for a business. We had some nice graphics done, nothing too elaborate, but very nice, very professional. Um, really wasn't that expensive. And we paid an extra $150 and we got to park that trailer right by the front door of the civic center as people were walking. Uh, nice. Good, good strategy. And we're talking about contractors that have been doing this, have been in business for many years and been doing this home show for many years. And I mean, have elaborate booths, right? Beautiful. I mean, just artistic booths and some of them come in and build like a mini house. Right. And, um, you know, and here we are our first year, we just got a table, a banner and we had a, and my brother told me, he said, all you got to do is have those two things and a TV screen, do a PowerPoint, showing some pictures of the work you did. And so we did pictures of the work we did. We did uh, like that flyer I mentioned. Uh, so I did a PDF, had that on the slide so people could see the example of works we did. And also did screenshots of reviews that people had left for us. And um, anyway, look, we were like the only pretty girl in a, in a small town. Everybody wanted to come talk to us. We had more traffic at our booth than anybody else. Because people would go to walk by and I'd say, and they'd look at our banner and I'd say, hey, you know all those uh, little jobs around your house that you don't know who to call to get them fixed? And they go, yeah. I said, we're the ones you call. Oh, well, I need to talk to you. And that really boosted our business tremendously. And, um, you know, so I can't say enough about being a member of a home builders, uh, you know, the home builders association. They also help with a lot of, you know, the regulations and laws and legislation that affect the construction industry. Um, Louisiana is very fortunate that we have laws that are favorable to people in this type of work. Um, you know, and uh, some areas are so restrictive. The Home Builders Association is what fights that. So, you know, um, I just believe in it tremendously. The, the thing on the advertising, though, is that it can't just be one thing. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to build me a nice website, and all of a sudden I'm going to start getting business. No, you are not. A website is absolutely a waste of money unless you have something to drive traffic to it. So it has to be a part of a complete marketing system 
Uh, otherwise, it's just a waste of money. All right. Well, that was part two of the of Alan being on the show. It was uh, tons of great information. In part three, we're going to discuss further issues and solutions in building a business, a true business. So on that, Johnny, don't we have a unique build contest coming up? We do. We have a very unique build contest, and we want to see everybody out there to send, you know, we want to see your pictures. Um, you know, there's so many great things that you guys have done out there. I look at a lot of posts out there, but uh, send send that stuff into us, and we just love to see that. We've got this, we got a contest going, and uh, just keep keep those things coming in we love to see them and, and share them with everybody yep and you can do that via uh handyman pros radio show at gmail.com you can send those in or post them on our facebook page we'll we certainly will put them uh, out there that's at handyman pros on facebook or you could send them to questions at handyman pros radio show.com either way there's always a million ways to get a rid of, to get a, vi- uh, a hold of us i guess i want to say Ugh. How's that, Johnny? Pretty good, huh, for this morning? (laughs) Very good, Larry. With that, John, the spaceships landed. I know you love to take them apart. We're going to wrap up our synopsis on taking spaceships apart at the end of Part 3. And we'll see you next week on the Handyman Pros Radio Show. 